Thursday, November 17th, and this is Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, and joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Stock Advisor Jason Moser and from Motley Fool Inside Value, Joe Mager. Gentlemen, happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. Uh, We've got Pepsi and Southwest Airlines. We are going to start with Pepsi. The New York Post is reporting uh, that some members of Pepsi's board of directors are looking into splitting up the company, splitting it into the beverage and snack divisions. Uh, Joe, we've talked about this before. It seems a lot more real now that uh, the board is looking into it. Is this a good idea? You're a shareholder. Uh, Well, I was a little bit surprised because they just recently came out and said that they weren't going to be doing that, or the CEO did, I should say. Uh, But since then, Nelson Peltz, who's famous as an activist investor behind Heinz, uh, numerous other companies, but in the food space, Heinz, Wendy's, not surprisingly, has seen this as a target, and he's bought a number of shares. So right away, that put some pressure on the board to to start thinking about making some high-level strategic changes. And... To be honest, I was surprised. One, they rejected it. Two, I had a pretty good talk with a somewhat recent former Pepsi exec, without getting into names, uh, recently, who told me very clearly that they've done everything they can to bring the Frito part of the business, the food business, mm-hmm. closer to the beverage business over the past several years. So in terms of merchandising, marketing, uh, buying of you know inputs, they buy a lot of corn, for example, <laughs> yep. corn-related products. Um so yeah, I was a little bit surprised in that sense. But then again, you know, given the amount of pressure they have because the stock's been woefully underperforming Coke, which has just been you know blowing the lights out for a large cap for a long time, it's not shocking. Uh, I was going to say, Jason, if you're Coca-Cola um, and you're watching this news, how are you feeling? Are you are you hoping that Pepsi splits up, or as Joe indicated, you're hoping they stay? Right where they are. I think if you're Coca-Cola, you've got to be looking at this as another opportunity for you to really spread the recognition of your brand. Because if you have a company like Pepsi, which is obviously a very popular and powerful global brand, Mm -hmm. they may be going through some kind of identity crisis or whatever. I mean, to me, Fritos and and Pepsi are quite compatible, so I'm not sure why they're trying to separate them. But you know, if you have a company like Pepsi that's dealing with this, I think Coke has a chance to take advantage to to really make their brand resonate more with you know the American consumer that's buying the products. I mean, basically, companies spin off subsidiaries for two reasons. The first is there's hidden value. Mm -hmm. And in this case, this is the exact opposite, I would say. (laughs) Because what will happen is company A, let's say, that has a low multiple, will have a subsidiary that's higher growth. And the idea is we're not getting rewarded in our stock price by having this subsidiary. So we're going to spin it off and make it company B. And overall, our shareholders will be better for it because they'll get a higher multiple on B and they still have A. Um, In this case, it's the opposite, where the beverage business has always been awarded a higher multiple than the food and snack business. So part of the rationale of keeping the food business was Pepsi was valued like a beverage business with a high multiple, but really was a snack food business. And I mean, we've, you know, you talk about companies spinning off and, and that sort of thing. It seems like 2011. Um, is the year where this is happening a little bit more than average. I mean, Jason, we've seen earlier this year um, Kraft spinning off divisions, uh, Abbott Laboratories, uh, Fortune Brands, a company you've been studying for a while. Right. I was going to say we we cover Fortune over at uh, Stock Advisor, and Joe made a really good point here about the difference between value creation versus value destruction. In most cases, you'd want to see these spinoffs to create more value for shareholders. Uh, and Pepsi does seem to be kind of going the opposite direction. There were Fortune. It was, I think, a very, it was a great time to do this. It was pretty clever because Fortune at the beginning of the year, you know, it was a 
company that sold golf balls and golf shoes and golf equipment. It was a company that sold spirits. And it was a company that sold, you know, home security stuff like locks and windows and, you know, <laughs> that the mowing, covers the Tiger mowing Woods faucets and family stuff. So there, fiasco there all in this, one swing. Yeah, there was like this whole big clump of businesses that didn't really complement one another, with the exception of maybe golf and alcohol. But <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so, you know, you had this, this high margin spirits uh, division in Beam, um, but the other business, and golf particularly, just, just having worked in the industry, is a very low margin business. And that's, you know, hard to really squeak out a buck there. But they broke off just recently into, uh, they sold the Akushnet Golf Division to Fila. And made a killing there. They sold that for one point two billion after buying it back in the seventies for like sixty million or fifty five million dollars. Uh, they they then spun off the uh, the home and security division in a tax free spin off of the shareholders, and they are now just a sole spirits company. So you have Beam, and then you have Fortune Brand Homes, uh, Fortune Brands Home and Security, and then the the golf division was just sold to Fila, and it was a it was a value creator. When you look at companies spinning off other companies. Is Altria really the gold standard in terms of success? I mean, when you look at Altria spinning off uh, Kraft and Philip Morris International, I mean, in terms of value creation, that that really seems like it's number one on the list. Yes? Or, or is there another that's... Yeah, that was a, a pretty big home run. And yeah. I, actually, I actually owned uh, Altria for that reason and got to benefit from that, which was nice. But basically, they had that craft asset out there that was partially publicly traded, so you could value it underneath the Philip Morris umbrella. And it was just a matter of time before they spun the rest out. And then Philip Morris International is just such a stud of a business. So it's like their second major spinoff in a decade. And, um, you know, two good examples of breaking up businesses that should be apart. Uh, Phil Morris International's story is different in terms of growth, but also risk profile. Uh, Kraft didn't really have any business being with cigarettes. And, you know, Fortune (laughs) is another good example of breaking up the business in a smart way. Like those businesses had no reason to be together. You mean the golf, liquor, home security businesses? They don't go to be... Together, like peanut butter and jelly, together. <laughs> you want a cigarette to go with that grill? Uh, Jason, uh, when you uh, look across the landscape of, of public companies, are there are there other companies out there that you think really should take part in this you know 2011 trend of <laughs> of looking to uh, do the breakup? You know, we cover also over at Stock Advisor Sina, which I'm sure a lot of fools out there know of. It's a web portal in China, and Sina has been working on developing uh, their microblogging service Weibo, which it just equates basically to the Twitter of China. Um, we've heard, you know, rumors here and there that they might be considering a spinoff there to really be able to focus on the investment in Weibo to build that service out because of the the, the ramifications there with the, just the size of the population in China and third and fourth tier cities. You know, you're talking about a billion and a half people pretty much, and, and there's still plenty of room to grow that subscriber base. So that's one that I think could could potentially be value creating. The, the trouble is because it's a Chinese stock, there is sort of that nebulous nature there where you don't really quite know what's going on all the time. But uh, that wouldn't be one that I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that at some point. The Learning Channel announced it has picked up 13 episodes of a new reality TV series about Southwest Airlines. Uh, Jason, Southwest Airlines, another stock advisor recommendation. You happy about this, or is this is this a distraction? So, the, <laughs> when we read about this today, the headline of the article we read was that the Kardashian of Airlines gets another TV series. Yes, got to so give credit then, to the great Lisa D. Moraes at well, the Washington yeah. Post. Great, so great TV I'm, writer. One of my colleagues at Stock Advisor, Jim Mueller, and I, we sit next to each other, and we both kind of looked at each other, and we're like, the Kardashian of Airlines? We're like, 
Southwest and Airtrain getting divorced already? <laughs> and so it immediately, I think that's where we kind of said, man, this kind of opens itself up to a lot of jokes. I'm not sure how, how much I really do like it. I mean, I don't like really flying on airplanes. I, mean, I don't have a fear of flying. I just hate the process of going through airports and getting on the planes and dealing with it. I don't know that I'd really want to watch it on TV. Maybe it lends itself to some, some you know, good comedy, but it definitely gets Southwest's name out there. I think that you have to kind of look at it from the perspective of what good can come of this, mm-hmm. and does it really outweigh what potentially bad can come of it? But I mean, in terms of uh, like, I could see American Delta, uh, U.S. Air, United. I could see one of those stepping up and saying, "We need to do this to sort of humanize our brand a little bit." But um, I mean, Joe, what do you think? What, how much upside is there for Southwest here? I don't think a whole lot. I think they've already done a nice job of, as you said, humanizing their brand. I mean, people, Southwest stands for something in a way that none of the other major carriers do. I mean, to me, the major carriers are all essentially just commodity goods. Like when I book a flight through like Orbitz, Expedia, I couldn't care less who's providing that among the majors. I just know that they're going to treat me like crap and <laughs> probably delay my flight. But with Southwest, I know I'm going to get good service. It's going to be fast, affordable, and it's reliable. And, you know, in the case of a reality show, I, I don't know. I mean, how much is really your upside here? Incrementally, when you get add to your brand, you know, maybe it could out, turn out to be embarrassment. So what's a reality show you would watch? Because I'm, I'm with you, Jason. <laughs> I would not watch, you know, in terms of public companies, uh, I'm not watching a reality TV show about Southwest Airlines. For that matter, uh, you know, a company like Starbucks, which I've owned shares of for over a decade, I wouldn't be interested in that either. I would yeah, actually I, view that as a distraction for I the company. I can make my own coffee at home. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, we kicked this around. You said that we had pretty much fair game. Yeah. Uh, it's got to be a public company. I like comedy. I love to laugh. I think it's great when you can find good shows out there that make you laugh. There is a company that trades on the pink sheets called General Cannabis. Okay. And they are focused on the medical marijuana market. <laughs> uh-huh. And I would imagine that the conference calls alone have got to be pretty funny. But to see a 13 or 14 episode series of what goes on behind those doors, I got to believe is just pure TV gold. I'd be pushing for that. There's a publicly traded uh, medical marijuana company? Yeah, the ticker is uh, over-the-counter C-A-N-A dot P-K for pink sheets. General Cannabis. very legitimate. It sounds totally legitimate, I'm sure. It's about a $150 million (laughs) company right now. I don't know that I'd invest in it, but I would certainly watch the reality series. And, you know, uh, that would probably fit on the Learning Channel as well. I think it would. Joe, what about you? I'd like to see a company, and I actually think this can make sense for a company that basically has nothing to lose. Okay. And is like a second-tier brand. So, like, you know, the Kenny Powers thing that we've talked about (laughs) Case with, that that is just hilarious. That's... they are kind of in a position of not having much to lose, so they're willing to take a risk. And I think that's smart, and yep. that's hilarious. How about Overstock.com? How much would you love to see Patrick <laughs> Byrne followed around for a no, couple This is weeks? The, the CEO who's uh, – what's a good word to describe the CEO? A yeah, word that's not going to get us in trouble with our attorneys. Um, colorful. <laughs> colorful. <laughs> colorful. And Overstock – I'm aware of the company, but I've, I don't. I can't confess to ever actually using the service. Is that like? Imagine Amazon.com, only much worse. Isn't it? Like, I <sighs> okay. think it's if you're looking for like that respect. extra piece of China that maybe broke, or some sheets to go with some betting that you bought five years ago. So it's like a maybe hev- you could find it there. I think heavily discounted goods <laughs> can be found on Overstock.com. Is yeah, that it? it just never. You know, a long time ago, people thought Overstock was going to be viable. A rival to Amazon, and that just 
really, really did not turn out to be the case. See, I'm going with uh, a company near and dear to my heart and taste buds, and that's Dunkin' Brands. I knew you were going to say that. But here's why. It's not just because I love the donuts, but um, I, I, I would uh, genuinely be interested in seeing sort of the evolution of a newly public company. I think yeah. that, like, you know, I'd be less interested in how they actually make the donuts and more about like, okay, how are we going to execute our strategy? How are we going to expand in the western part of the United States? That sort of thing. Um, but I, I think of the three we've discussed, I think, I think Jason's is going to be the most entertaining. Well, general cannabis might lead you to Dunkin' Donuts at some <laughs> point in time, so we have that at least. It's always possible. Jason Moser, Joe Mager. Guys, thanks for being here. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. You can check out video highlights of Market Foolery at fooltv.com. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday.